is preeminently the time to speak the truth, the whole truth, frankly and boldly. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Amari Global is the first ever revolutionary mental wellness company focusing on the gut-brain connection for adults and children. Amari's holistic products are designed to optimize performance, positivity, and motivation. The products are made with ancient natural wisdom combined by modern science that supports mood, focus, stress resilience, and whole body wellness. Whether you're an Olympic athlete or a stressed out parent, Amari Global's scientific approach is designed to meet you where you are and empower you to be the best version of yourself. Welcome back to AutismRadio.org, home of the world's first autism support radio network and proud 501c3 charitable organization, helping families challenged with autism every day get services they desperately need. Please help us make a difference in the autism community and find it in your heart to support one in 88 families in America today. Donate directly at AutismDonation.org. Now, stay tuned for a special broadcast of Hope Saves the Day with autism activist, super dad and author of The Spectrum Diet, Master Chef and the Hope Man himself, your host, Paul Simmons. Thank you for that great introduction. As always, it's great to be back on another edition of Hope Saves the Day. On today's show, I have a very special guest who happens to be the Chief Development Officer of the Anderson Foundation for Autism, which is New York State's premier autism treatment center. I'd like to give a warm welcome to the program, Eliza Bozenski. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for having me on today. It's great to have you today. Uh, had an opportunity to sit in on your show and be interviewed, which uh, I was very um, blessed by that opportunity. So I really appreciated that. Um, so, you know, so tell me a little bit about yourself, how you kind of started in the autism field, I guess, and what what brought you to this, because it, it takes a very special person to want to do this kind of work. I couldn't agree with you more. I think the the people who dedicate their lives to their professional lives anyway, um, and often personal lives too, to working with and serving people with autism and their families is, uh, they are, you know, just some of the most amazing people that I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. Um, my story really is a little bit different. I uh, grew up in a family of educators. I figured pretty early on in life that I wanted to be a teacher and I was I wanted to, I guess I, I was aware that uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I wanted to be able to um, work with people. That was always something that I knew about myself. And I found Anderson um, at a point in my career where I was uh, looking for something to go beyond teaching in the classroom. And Anderson Center for Autism, uh, which formerly was Anderson School at the time, was an organization that I was starting to become familiar with that was serving people with autism. But really, the only person that I'd ever met with autism was one of my former students. And he he taught me. He taught me to be open-minded. He taught me to 
um, to, to appreciate him for who he was. His family taught me a tremendous amount. His speech therapist taught me a tremendous amount. Um, and that was really my knowledge level about individuals with autism coming into Anderson. But I had some other skill sets for the particular job that I was hired for in the beginning that made it unmatch. And I started uh, working in admissions and working with families. And that was about 16 years ago. And since that time, I have learned a ton more about autism. Um, but really, I would say I've learned a ton about people and families and stewardship and kindness and um, the ability to make an impact broader than yourself. And that's what Anderson has has brought to my life. And I feel very lucky to have that experience. And, and uh, I never thought I'd be a fundraiser, but I am now um, chief development officer, as you said, and I run our development office uh, where we focus on fundraising for the foundation, as well as marketing and PR communications. And I'm a member of the executive team, which allows me to um, basically speak, speak up when I have an idea and be part of some of the uh, big decisions going on at the organization and every day is different and I have a great time. That's great. No, that's a great opportunity. Um, if you had to like kind of rewind um, when you first started with the organization, um, what was it like then versus today and the progression? Because obviously it's grown quite a bit since you started. Um, yeah. so, so let's talk about that. What, like what, what was the biggest difference for, for you, uh, obviously starting back in 2006 with the organization and where you see you, the organization today in 2022? So, tough question. Um, be, only because there's a lot of things I would sure. say, but certainly the easy answer is growth. We've probably more than doubled in size, um, in terms of who we employ, the number of people we employ, the number of people that we impact in some capacity because we've developed a consultation arm and we've um, enhanced and, and grown our uh, international fellowship program. So we're having an impact across the globe. But I think that the, for me, what feels really sort of personal and, and, um, and really stands out for me is the engagement of families in the work that we do. Um, when I first started, I gave a lot of tours uh, to the general public, people coming through. That was one of my jobs. And I would walk through the classrooms and the school building and talk to people on tours about the fact that, you know, we still had students coming to us who uh, on a relatively regular basis would be what we call referred back to district, meaning they were coming to us for a period of time and then they were often being referred back to their home district so they, they could go back home and live with their families in a less restrictive uh, setting. Um, Pretty soon after that, that started to change. And it was really because school districts became more capable of working with and supporting students in our children's program who otherwise prior to that really needed a level of support they couldn't provide. But that also meant that we started serving a population um, that wasn't necessarily going to have that um, opportunity to to work on some things and then sort of go back to a less restrictive setting. So we started to serve a really challenged uh, population on, the, on that more challenged end of the spectrum. What that led to, um, not only were longer we were served, but also families. And it was 
excited to see higher levels of engagement among more of our families. We always had some really wonderful families who were involved from day one, but we started to really work with families who understood that they were placing their child in a residential program that their child might be in until they were 21 years old. And after that, maybe an Anderson group home or maybe a group home run by another organization. But we were able to turn that really, um, you know, traumatic decision for a family into as good an opportunity as we could we could do on our own, which was to focus on, you know, family visiting rooms and uh, other ways that we can engage with and really partner with our families because we believe um, wholeheartedly that all of our students, all the people we serve, including the adults, have much better outcomes when Anderson is working in conjunction with the family, extended family, um, and community providers to really support that person. So I think that's a big change that I've seen. No, that's that's an amazing journey. Um, you kind of wrapped it up very nicely. Um, I think, you know, one thing I was thinking about is like, how many students do you have currently in your program today? Sure. That hasn't changed really um, over time. We have 124 students who live with us as residential students, and we have 14 day students who come every day for um, schooling and live at home with their families. Uh, and then in addition to that, we serve it's a growing number, although it doesn't grow quite as much these days, but about 150 or so adults in um, uh, about 25 group homes throughout a few counties that are uh, surrounding our main campus. Okay. So if I was a parent, obviously uh, the restriction, you have to live in your area, right? To be applicable. You can't. No. Just... Oh, no. No, okay. we serve. Okay. Um, we serve throughout. We've served families uh, from throughout New York state and also other states. We have students oh, really? from yeah. California. Um, I think uh, Connecticut, maybe Illinois. We have, there's a bunch of states. Ways, but we do have students from other states, and um, we uh, have a great time with them and find ways for their parents to to visit, but also connect virtually and hopefully not feel um, that that space quite so much. Um, the vast majority of our students, though, are still from New York State, but certainly don't have to be local. Only the day okay. students who have a specific bus ride are closer. So, if a parent wants to relocate their their son, their daughter, they could apply for your program. They certainly uh, should. They should contact us. They can go to our website, which is AndersonCenterForAutism.org. Okay. There's information on our admissions page about how to get in touch with us. And our admissions team is awesome. They will sure. talk to any parent who wants to know kind of whether we work with their state or are interested in trying to and what the needs are. And we, we go out of our way to really try to help. Um, even if it's not necessarily a match for our program, we'll do what we can to help that family find resources that they need. So if you had to, I guess, say one thing, and I'm sure this is a, a big question, um, that kind of separates your facility versus other uh, facilities and what you have to offer parents. Um, I, I mean, I've said it for a long time, but it remains true. We serve people with autism. We appreciate and honor and recognize and respect and, and really care for and love the students and adults that we work with. And their families are an extension of them and they are an extension of their families. So we are all sort of in it together. And I think that um, while we can't serve everybody because, you know, there's just not enough, um, we 
our singular focus on serving people with autism and specifically people really profoundly affected by autism allows us to train our staff in a very specific way. It allows our staff, uh, direct support professionals and everyone else who's part of the team, nurses, just the whole team, operations team, everybody gets trained. And I think for families, that's really important. Um, you know, some sometimes there's other organizations out there who serve people with autism and other developmental disabilities. We've decided that this is our niche. This is what we do. And we do it really, really well. And I think that's what sets us apart. OK. Yeah. I mean, I think that is a big difference. Right. I mean, that you're focusing on the autism spectrum disorder. Yes. Uh, and, um, you know, not like you said, not every facility or school or program does that they're they're more well-rounded and have different um you know disabilities that they're they're trying to focus on as well so Mm -hmm. um you know so it's it's kind of interesting you said something so again um i'm a parent i'm interested in the program what would be my first steps i would take to you know kind of obviously you said go to the website you know and, and go on there but what are what are some of the things that you can expect as a parent like you know getting your child enrolled in the program in the process what that looks like So I would say in conjunction with doing your own research, which would include visiting our our site, andersoncenterforautism.org, I would um, look into some, you know, as many different options as you can. I always think it's good for families to know what's out there so they can make informed choices. But most families also have to work with their homeschool district. Um, And so in order to do that, you're probably already in the mix with your child's IEP and the CSE office if you're in New York State and, and other states have different um, different names for those. But, you know, whatever your referral mechanism is, you, you, you need to go through that process as well. Uh, we always hope that families' experiences are really positive and supportive. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they don't agree with what the school district is recommending and there needs to be some advocacy or sometimes even some legal Uh, support that's needed to advocate on behalf of your child. Um, So you kind of should work to get familiar with what that process is, wherever you're located. Um, And then from the Anderson side, we try as an parent and see lots of pictures and some testimonials and get lots of information. Um, you can also schedule a general tour if you're close by and up or you know you're going to be in the area. We host uh, in-person general tours every month and you can sign up to, for those on our website. We also um, can put you in touch with easily. You can just write an email and it'll get submitted to our admissions team. And if you have specific questions or you say, maybe I haven't talked to my district about this yet, but do you think Anderson might be a match for my child? Let me describe them to you. Um, do that. And we'll be honest with you about whether we think that, you know, um, it might be a good thing to pursue or you, you might benefit from a different type of program. And in that case, we might um, have some recommendations for you. So I would say get in touch with us. We, we want to be a resource for, for everybody in some capacity. So, um, and, and we're here for you. That's great. No, that's important because I think, you know, a lot of parents, you know, it's, it, you know, it's a challenge, right. To navigate what, what's the right fit for them. What's the right fit for their child. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it can be overwhelming. I think a lot of times and um, you know, obviously your organization speaks for itself, you know, and has had great success stories. So 
why don't we dive into maybe one story of, again, not mentioning the family's name, but sure. a success story of what kind of where they were when they started your program and where they kind of ended up um, towards the end of their program. So many. I'm again. sure. I'm sure. But, I know just to pick one. Is yeah, I will be pick one. one. I will pick one. Um, so at one point in my career at Anderson, I was uh, what was called the clinical director. Um, basically, I oversaw the behavioral services department. And it was a huge learning experience for me. I was managing that team. And it's a multidisciplinary approach at Anderson. And so it was a group of you know people who were working with every student in some capacity. And, and what I behaviors, socially significant behaviors, and uh, working with them and the team to or, you know, to their, their um, you know, external of them. Uh, the folks that we serve, again, are, are primarily nonverbal and very behaviorally involved. Um, and so there was this young man who at the time, he came to us when he was 10. Um, and when I was working with him, my team was working with him. He was probably in his mid teens and he would, it was heartbreaking. He would hit his head repeatedly, very hard. And he wore a helmet. He was nonverbal, didn't speak. He has the most wonderful two parents you could ever imagine who came to visit him all the time and took him off campus to water parks. He loved the water, but he was hitting his head and it was scary. And uh, it was hard to watch and it was hard to see and consider the potential damage that he was doing to himself. And we ended up taking uh, him with his family to uh, an external like resource center just to get him evaluated. And I sat in a room while an unnamed um, quote unquote professional told these two parents that they should put his, their son in a fenced in sort of yard somewhere and just be happy that he was going to live. But that was really all they could expect from him in terms of his quality of life. And I, I was so angry. Um, none of us really knew what to say. This, this goes back years, but it was really, really challenging. And the family just, just handled it amazingly. They just disagreed, obviously. And we quietly just left and, you know, did not pursue any of that, obviously. Uh, the young man came back to Anderson. He stayed with us. Um, he eventually did uh, significantly reduce his head hitting behavior to the point that I think it's all but disappeared. His family kept working with him, kept taking him on uh, vacations. They figured out that he loves the car. He loved Disney, but he would never be able to get on a plane. So they found the Disney train, which you drive your car onto a train and you um, you take a young man and he now lives in an Anderson um, group home and as an adult he graduated he wore a cap and gown he went through graduation wow. ceremony he um, he now is an adult living uh, an adult life with a, a few other young men around his age who he graduated with with a group of uh, Anderson staff his family is still highly involved in his life and um, and I think that 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 just always reminds me of just you know um, 
believe in, in what you know, and parents really, you know, your kids. And if you can find a partnership um, with a group like Anderson and you can keep your child in the center of your thoughts and, and your attention, um, it, things will get better. And in this case, uh, this young man, I think, is living a very uh, wonderful life. It's a nice quality of life. His family's still very involved with him. And um, he's certainly doing a heck of a lot more than wandering around in a fenced-in yard. So that's that always for me. Well, that's, a great, that's a great story. And appreciate you, you know, sharing that with our listeners here. Because, okay. again, you know, uh, like you said, there's probably hundreds of stories, maybe thousands of stories since you've been there. Um, but you know, it's always nice to hear the progress, right? You know, you, you have a tough, you know, case that you're working with or a child you're working with and, um, you know, seeing the end results where they are today is it's, it gives people hope. Right. And I'm, again, that's what our program is about is giving people hope, hope saves the day. Right. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very powerful, you know, phrase when you think about it. And, and again, um, especially, you know, being a parent in in the trenches, raising a child with autism, it's, it's a big deal when you hear these success stories, because we want to hear that, right. We want to know that, you know, there, there is optimism and there is hope, um, you know, for the future of our children at the end of the day. So it's important. That's a great, that's a great story. So thanks for sharing that. Um, You know, so what, what can people do right now to, uh, again, maybe your business or something like that and how they can help your, your organization and, you know, continue supporting um, all the great work that you're doing in the autism community too. Um, I will start with the easiest thing that I think everybody should do all the time, which is just remember that you generally know the difference between doing something right and doing something wrong. And um, I think be kind, Um, remember that um, one out of every 44 children in this country are being diagnosed with autism, which means if you're a business owner, those are your customers. If you live in a neighborhood, those are your neighbors. families and i'm sure you 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 talked about this a little bit when when we talked last time paul you know it can be very isolating to be a parent right. raising a child with autism and um i think everything that anybody living in a community can do or having a business in a community can do to um to make sure that 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 everybody feels safe walking out of their door and going to the store or going to have a good time or going to a park or going to the community pool or the fair um, just because they know people are going to be kind makes a huge difference. So that's what I would ask first. Um, second to that, in terms of supporting Anderson, um, we have a huge number of um, sponsorship opportunities. You certainly can work with us around becoming a corporate sponsor if you're a business owner. Um, we have several events. We have a gala actually coming up on October 1st that you certainly would be welcome to um, get in touch with us about to sponsor or attend. It's a great night. It's lots of fun. We're finally getting together in person again. Yeah, for the first time huge. in a couple of years. And um, and we're we're thrilled to to be able to do that. And we raise funds to support the good work going on at Anderson. And, you know, we're a big member of our community. We're the second largest employer in all of uh, Dutchess County, New York. And we um, we make a big impact economically and also in the lives of, of people who we employ and people who we serve. And if you'd like to be a part of that, um, all of our information can be found on our website, which is andersoncenterforautism.org. And um, feel free to just, if, you, if you're not sure what you want to do, give us a call and say you want to get involved. We'll certainly work with yeah. you. Well, you know, thank you for that. And we'll definitely share all those links on on, on our site as well. Um, so they can click and, and get more information there. 
Um, right. So, you know, I'm curious, um, you know, I know this is something that I stood out in my, in your bio um, mm-hmm. and uh, you were, you were our chair of the board of trustees at Rupco. Um, yes. what, what is that about? <laughs> so um, that is, uh, that is actually something that, that our CEO um, at Anderson has really encouraged. And I think it's a good thing for people to do, especially in the world. If you work in the world of non-for-profit, um, I, I work a lot with our boards. We have two, we have three boards actually at Anderson and, um, but I'm always on the, t- on the side of the sort of quote unquote table of being, you know, the staff person working with the board members who are volunteers. Um, I got involved with Rupco, which is an organization also in the Hudson Valley based out of Kingston, New York, but they're, they're throughout the Hudson Valley region. Um, and, and we focus at Repco on something completely different. It's affordable housing, building for everyone. It is uh, a great organization though, that I got involved in out of a encouragement to volunteer somewhere and get involved. And, and so I, um, I was honored to be asked to join the board of Repco back in, I think, 2017. And then, I kind of uh, I got more and more involved. I it, it gave me perspective um, to be a volunteer and then come to work and work at Anderson, where so many people are volunteering their time and expertise and and engagement to to forward what we do. So I wanted to give back, and I love it. I, I always say my Repco days are some of my best days because I get to do the job I love at Anderson, but I also right. get to have this experience at Repco. And, and I guess I felt good about me too, because I kind of worked my way up through the executive committee and I am yeah, currently the absolutely. chair of the board. So That's I love awesome. it. And I, I, um, it's, it's unique and different, but it makes me feel, it humbles me and makes me feel really more connected to the community I live in. Well, that's huge. I mean, because you're helping people, right? It's yeah. all about making a difference in someone's lives. And, you know, people like yourself, we we need people like that. We need more people to get involved and, and help and help each other, right? You know, and that that is a greater purpose that we all should serve at one point or another. I think so, too. So what do you see the future over the next, you know, several years um, for Anderson Center? What would you like to see? Um, what are your, I guess, some of your goals, I guess, would you like to to see happen? I think Anderson is in a really interesting position. Um, There are some parts of our field that are really challenging right now. Um, And and I guess the easiest way to put it for the podcast sake time-wise is sort of the traditional ways of growth are really stymied right now. There's budget problems, there's there's, um, funding issues, there's a lot of sort of um, rules and regulations that are, that are, were put together and put in place for good reason at the time, but they're 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 making the old way of growth, meaning like adding and building a new group home and having 30, 40, 50 group homes and just continuing to grow that way to serve the growing number of people who need help and need services, really difficult. Um, Anderson has been thinking creatively because we've been aware of this coming for quite a long time. And so we're... Um, we're in the midst of actually expanding geographically. We're opening um, two, we have one preschool program that's open right now near us. That's a new thing for us. We love it. Um, We have for years wanted to get involved in in working with younger children. And so now we have a chance to do that. Uh, We're about to open a second one in uh, Latham, New York, which is in the, in Albany County. Um, So North of us and that, 
location, uh, same building, different part of the building. So we're going to be starting to serve a new geographic region um, and kind of an underserved population, which we're really excited about and um, happy to bring our expertise uh, to that area and to be able to impact more people and families. Um, the other goal that I, the other thing, two things that I think are really exciting that have huge potential for growth is our Anderson Center International Program, which is an international fellowship program. Wow. We currently have 36. Some from European countries. Um, and, and they train and then by and large, they go back to their home countries and they start programs for people with autism wow. in sometimes in places where there have been none. So that's really exciting. And I think there's growth potential there. And then our consultation business, um, which is, uh, where we have experts, um, from Anderson who will come to school districts and train teachers and consult in communities and even help a whole community become an autism supportive community or a business become an autism supportive business. Those are the ways that we feel we can impact um, people, uh, as I referenced before, who may have otherwise felt very isolated in a, in a really long-term sustainable way. So, I mean, I could go on, but those sure. are. <laughs> yeah, no, that's huge. Anything that you want to currently mention to our listeners to look out for coming up obviously you mentioned the event um, yeah the gala the the yeah. uh the 10,000 thank yous gala is uh on October 1st 2022 and it's at the Grandview in Poughkeepsie so we'd love uh anybody who can make it to go to our website registration is open you can sponsor you can come we'd love to have you um and maybe just follow us on social media we have a pretty big presence on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, and you can get a lot of information. I think we even entered the realm of TikTok, oh, wow. um, which is sort of beyond my ability, but I have got a great team who creates some pretty cool content. So <laughs> check us out and, and get to know us. We're very open. We love to give tours. We love to talk to people who want to know more about what we do. And, um, and for that reason, I really appreciate you having me on tonight, Paul. Well, you're very welcome. And it's my pleasure. Um, I love speaking to like-minded people um, that are really making a difference in the community. Uh, great organization, Anderson Center for Autism. Uh, again, really, um, you know, my my research has been amazing. Well, the testimonials, the reviews um, have been, you know, incredible. So uh, definitely you should be proud of yourself and your team and what you've accomplished uh, there in your center. And again, uh, we'll have all that information out there um, on our website. So they can click on the link right to the website and uh, get some great information there. And hopefully, if you want to come out and join that event in October, um, definitely like to be there too. So um, we'll definitely look forward to that. And um, just continue, you know, pushing the envelope, right? And setting the bar. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the Anderson Center is really doing a nice job of that. So uh, appreciate everything you're doing. And uh, again, we'll have that information available for all of our listeners. I'd like to thank uh, Eliza uh, Bozinski for really taking some time out today on Hope Saves a Day and talking about, again, a wonderful program that's available here in the tri-state area. But again, it's available to anyone around the United States, not just in the tri-state area as well. So again, it's a great program. Uh, check it out. We'll put the links up there. And uh, hopefully uh, you're looking for a premier school. Well, you just found one. So again, we like to uh, put them out there for people.
people to make a decision because it is a hard decision for parents to make on where they want to put their child. And, and uh, again, this is another great program that's out there available um, for our parents and that are looking for school. So thank you for that. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, our listeners and, of course, all our sponsors again for all their continued support here on Hope Saves the Day. Uh, I'd like to thank again Eliza Bozinski for spending some time here on the program. And again, it's just a great program out there. Um, really get excited when I when I learn about new programs that are out there that are available for us as parents and uh, for our kids. So great stuff. So remember, everybody, stay well. Have a great week, everyone. And we'll see you again on another edition of Hope Saves the Day real soon. And until next time, everybody, like I always like to close out our show, remember, until next time, Hope Saves the Day. Have a great one, everybody. Hi, I'm Elissa Pizel. I work with Amari Global. I am proud to announce that we have partnered with the Autism Radio family, a cause that is near and dear to my heart. Continue to tune in to Hope Saves a Day every week on autismradio.org. And when you're snapping up your Amari products, don't forget to add promo code AUTISMRADIO to receive $10 off your first purchase. time I see your smile I wonder what you feel Every time you laugh or cry I wonder if it's real You seem trapped inside Please help me understand What is your world like? I want to feel your love I want to know what it's like To laugh and play Imagine I thought that you cannot feel a tear trapped inside Imagine a sound that you cannot make No matter how hard you try I want you to know how I'm feeling I want you to know how it feels to be me I wish you could look into my world And see how I see Hold my hand and remind me To hold on to hope each day Let this song be my voice And remember hope saves the day What kind of life will I have? What's in store for me? Don't be afraid, just love and hold me I can be all that I can be With your love I can do anything With your love I can see the world like rays of light shine upon me inside of me then you are right by my side i will love you to the end of time hold my hand and remind me 
remember oh, hope saves the day